What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with your questions. You can ask me about anything, everything about our Catholic faith from morality to spirituality, whether it's a question about everyday life or about um, what we believe as Catholics. I am here to help you to find answers. If you're a first-time listener, please be sure to follow the podcast. You can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.assistionpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell out A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can also rate us and view us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats. And you can share the podcast on your social media pages if the show is a gift for you, potentially, it can become a gift for other people as well. On this week's show, we have Dr. Mike. Dr. Mike with the Holy Family School of Faith is with us. Dr. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. We're super excited to have you. And so we're going to be talking about our Blessed Mother and about the rosary and about the interior life and how prayer can really change the world. But before we get into that really beautiful conversation, we are going to share with you a few glory stories. Glory stories. So, Dr. Mike, I'll go first, and then I'll invite you to share glory story as well. And so, this this past week, we've been able to. Uh, I am the the national chaplain for Vagabond Missions, and with Vagabond Missions, uh, we have a lot of people we work with to build God's kingdom with. And uh, the director is down here right now, so we've been meeting with a lot of people to to just share the story of what we do at Vagabond. A lot of inner city high school ministry, encountering kids, teenagers who are in the streets, and sharing the gospel with them and inviting them to discipleship, to the sacraments life of the church. It's been very beautiful ministry. But there's a story that uh, I've been pondering. One of our very first teens that we, we worked with years ago, he would come to church with his shirt off. All right, so imagine, Dr. Mike, you're going to church and somebody comes in with their shirt off. Most people are probably going to ask that person to, to, to leave, Right. Uh, and so the, the founder of Vagabond, uh, Bob, he, he saw this kid and because uh, he invited the kid to come to church. And he went up to the kids like, hey, look, man, come on, man. You, you got to put a shirt on. And this dude was like, he was in the back of the church, shirt off, making out with girls in church. Again, our first response <laughs> is like, whoa, what are you doing? You're being disrespectful to the Lord. The blessed sacrament is in this church. You need to leave. You don't belong here, right? Uh, you need to behave better. But that wasn't Bob's response to this young man so many years ago. Bob's response was, you belong here. I'm going to ask you to put a shirt on and then not make out with these girls in the back of the church, <laughs> but you belong here. And he kept pouring into this kid. He kept spending time with this kid. He kept cultivating relationship with this kid and discipleship. And this kid wanted Jesus. We all, we all long for Jesus. Each and every single one of us We've been created with this ache in our heart for something more, and there's no finite person, place, or thing that will ever satisfy us. And this kid was aware that he was created for God, but he was still struggling. And he kept like coming to church stuff, but then also doing stuff that wasn't good for him. And eventually, a lot of like Bob's core team that he was working with, like, look, Bob, this kid's too much. Like he's too much trouble. It's either him or us. Like we can't keep accompanying this kid in discipleship. And Bob was just like, look, 
This is the exact person that Jesus Christ wants us to invest in. This is the exact person that Jesus Christ wants us to walk with in discipleship. So if y'all want to quit, bye. And some of his original team, they, they did leave. Uh, this was a number of years ago. Long story short, he kept investing in this very messy, broken kid. And this messy, broken kid, he ended up helping him get a GED, help him get into college. And the, that kid ended up becoming the director of youth and young adult ministry for his archdiocese. Wow. And is now working with Vagabond as well. Uh, married, has like four kids, uber Catholic. Wow. Um, if you met him today, you would never know his past, right? Because of the grace of the sacraments. But it's just a glorious of what can happen when we invest in people where they're at. When we don't expect people to come to church perfect, already living the interior life, already abiding in a, a state of grace, but just come to church as you are in your mortal sins. I tell the story all the time. Uh, a number of years ago, I was with a friend of mine and he was a drug dealer. And at this point I was in seminary and we were driving together and I was asking him like, why don't you just come back to church? Just come back to church. And, and he said to me, he said, I can't come back to church. He said, you know, I'm living my life. And so I asked him this, I said, whenever you are about to go out on a date after you spend all day in the streets or whatever, I said, you probably take a shower, right, to get cleaned up. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. I said, all right, so do you like dry yourself off first and scrub the sweat and dirt off your body and then jump in the shower? Or do you jump in the shower as you are, dirty and all? And so clearly I jump in dirty and all. And I said, yeah, and you let the shower clean you over time, right? He said, yeah. And I said, that's what God wants. Hmm. God wants you to show up. Just come to adoration in mortal sin. If you're high, come to church high. Or come to Bible study drunk. I don't care, just come. And by being proximate to the word of God in the Bible, by being proximate to Jesus Christ in the blessed sacrament, if we believe God is God, then we believe that over time, God will begin to transform you and heal you and reform you. And I'm, I'm proud to say this guy right now is a full-time disciple, evangelist, right, doing work in the streets for the gospel. But it's all because he was encouraged to just come. Just come as you are and immerse yourself in the interior life. And over time, like going to the beach or going fishing, you get a sunburn or a suntan. Over time of being in the presence of God, you get changed by the Son of God. Yes. And, uh, and we, we see this happen so often in the ministry to a vagabond. And so anyway, my glory story is just like, I love hearing these stories of yes. what happens whenever we just walk with people in the midst of their messy lives. And we watch Jesus be Jesus and transform them. That is powerful. Everyone is looking for a new program and the only new thing is Jesus. Amen. Jesus makes everything and everyone new. Well, that's what Pope Benny said, right? A number of years ago when he was still alive, he said, programs and projects and plans, they all have their place. He said, but what we need to do is help our young people have an encounter with the person, Jesus. Yes. And if they have an encounter with the person, Jesus Christ, and teach them how to pray, that we can trust their discernment of what he's going to call them to because they're going to know his voice. And so instead of like going on buying the new thing, it's like, why don't you just get to know the person, Jesus Christ, and let him call you in his own will, way, and time. And the most immediate contact anyone can have with God is prayer. Amen. And you don't have to be, you don't have to be Christian. You don't have to be a believer. You don't have to have an annulment. You don't have to have anything to just start praying. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you real quick, one last story, and then I want to hear your glory story. Speaking of annulments, I had a woman years ago who married, divorced, not annulled, but she was invited to pray in Bible study and in adoration. And she began to go to Bible study every week in adoration, pretty much every day. And, and Jesus invited her to be a, his bride. 
and she became a nun. Wow. Yeah, she became a nun, and we had to work through the annulment later and all the other stuff, but it was beautiful because she was just welcomed as she was. And again, that's like, uh, we, like, I love what you're saying. We don't have to have the annulment to begin to cultivate the interior life. We don't have to be in a state of grace. We don't have to be a practicing Catholic. We're going to teach you how to pray the rosary. We're going to teach you how to read scripture. We're going to teach you how to sit before the blessed sacrament. If you practice this, we trust that God's going to, he's going to take it from there. Yes. We don't have to get in the way and give you all these other things. Like the Lord is big. So anyways, what's your glory story, brother? About a year ago, uh, my daughter, Teresa and I, and my wife, we went to Lyon, France for the beatification of Blessed Pauline Jericho. And we went with a couple other friends, and I was going to just rent a van and drive. And he said, oh, no, no, I don't trust you driving in France. We're going to get a driver. I'll pay for the driver. So we come out of the airport. We hop in the van. I jump in the front seat because I want to get to know the driver. I'm going to be with him all week. And I refuse to use people. I want to know people. Mm. So I jumped in the front seat and I said, hi, I'm Mike. What's your name? And he said, I'm Mohammed. And I said, great, Mohammed. We got about a half hour drive between here and the hotel. Tell me about yourself. So he starts telling me about his life. Uh, we get to the hotel, we drop our bags, and then we got to hustle to ours, where the cure of ours is, mm -hmm. where he's incorrupt. I don't know if you've ever talked to your audience about incorruptibles, but it is astonishing mm -hmm. to see an incorrupt saint. So we drive up to ours, and we're going to meet Cardinal Barberin up there because he's hosting us and showing us around. And he wants to go to this community called Chinacolo. Mm-hmm. Started by... Been time there. Yeah. yeah, you know them. Mm -hmm. They are yeah. profoundly successful with rehabilitation of addicts. Mm -hmm. And so we, we go over to this community and they are happy. They're singing. They love one another. Uh, we're with the community of the lamb, the brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. I know them as well, the, the blue habits. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So the, the brothers and sisters are happy. These addicts in rehab, they're happy. We're happy. Mm -hmm. And we, we spend a bunch of time with them. Uh, then we go to this mass with the cardinal. Uh, we drive back to the hotel. And before we get out, I, I turned to Muhammad and I asked him, are you going to be our driver for this week? And he said, well, I have one question for you. Why were those people so happy? Mm. I said, Muhammad, if you drive with us the rest of the week, you'll learn why. He said, okay, I'll be your driver the rest of the week. Wow. So the rest of the week, he's with us. Oh, my gosh. And... On the before the last day, I said, Mohammed, we're going up to Paré, where Jesus appeared to Saint Margaret Mary Alacoque and revealed his sacred heart. You're coming with us, but you have to go to the chapel and you have to pray the rosary with us, and you got to do everything with us tomorrow. You ain't sitting in the van. He said, Okay. So we go up there and we go into the chapel where Jesus revealed himself. We pray the rosary. As soon as we finish the rosary, the nun comes out, it opens the monstrance. So we have Jesus right there. And Muhammad's sitting right next to me. He's, he's obviously, well, I mean, it's not obvious, but he is a practicing Muslim. Yeah. So uh, we do adoration for half hour. We finish. We go to lunch. And the brothers and sisters are just loving on him. They're great. They're just delighting in him, asking about his life. And this is after four or five days now. 
So we finish up. We got to go back to the hotel, uh, get our bags, go to the airport. We pile out of the van and the brothers and sisters ask Mohammed, can we sing a blessing over you? Mm-hmm. So they gather around him, lay hands, they sing a blessing. And then I said, I had already given him his tip for the week. I said, Mohammed, may I give you a gift? He said, sure. And I pull out a miraculous medal. Mm. And he looks at it and he says, Eladra, Eladra, the virgin. I said, yes, Mohammed, put this around your neck and wear it and the virgin will take care of you. And he was a big muscular man. He starts to tear up. He takes it, puts it on. And then uh, we fly back to America. Next day, I get a text from him. Why were you people so happy? Because of the one that the woman brings, Mohammed, because of Jesus. And uh, Brother Joachim, who was living in Lyon, kept up with, with Mohammed every week, every week, every week. And it is amazing that Muslims have, they want nothing to do with Jesus, but they love Al-Adra. They love the Virgin. And she's the way. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful, Dr. Mike. Um, so many things you just said, too. I'm at Sacred Heart of Jesus Church here in Baton Rouge and obviously St. Margaret Mary. Uh, I just got a relic, a first-class relic of her about two weeks ago from a friend of mine. Wow. Which is super special because this parish is because of her and her, her vision of Jesus. And I was recently visiting somebody who has a, a relic of the place where she's appeared to her. And uh, anyway, so there's, it's been, and then my spiritual director just gave me a book on, uh, or a former, my former spiritual director just gave me a book on this guy named either St. Claude, somebody, I forgot his name. Columbia. He was her spiritual director. Yeah, him. And so I got, I got the book by her, about her spiritual director. And obviously, I mean, it's cool, whatever. So God's clearly doing something with me right now um, in this season of my life. And I've always had devotion to the Sacred Heart. And so it's just kind of cool that the Lord is continuing to bring this up. And then the community of Lamb. We ought to lead a pilgrimage to Lyon together. Well, if it's, a, if it's a small pilgrimage, we could talk about that. I'm an introvert. So if, you, if you're down with like 12 people, then yeah, if it's more than that. <laughs> there is no way you are an introvert. I'm a hardcore introvert. Yeah, I really am. So uh, <laughs> this is working because we're, we're on the computer screen right now. And when I do ministry, there's like a distance between me and people. But when I'm with too many people, I, I, I bug out. But um, <laughs> ask Jeff Cavins. Jeff Cavins and I, we did a pilgrimage together years ago. And like halfway through, I just, and I was like this spiritual director for this pilgrimage. And I just got overwhelmed by the people, so I just left. <laughs> and did my own thing for like a whole day. <laughs> I went and spent a whole day just with the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. I was like, Jeff, I love you. I got to go. Bye. And, um, and he had to hold it down for the whole day. And I've done that on a number of, yeah, I'm terrible. But I'm loved by the Father. So also the community of Lamb, love them. So I've known them since I was in seminary. And are they still, what is it, in Oklahoma or somewhere in, in America? Kansas, Kansas City. Kansas. Yeah, so I visited the brothers um, and, the, and the sisters as well uh, when I was up there. Yeah, and then they came down to Baton Rouge and stayed with me for a while, and we would do street ministry. And yes. um, They're just awesome. So anyways, there's so many connections. I love it. But we can talk for hours. Clearly, I can tell we have kindred spirits. But let's go ahead and stop talking about glory stories so we can get into today's topic, which is going to be about your story and about the rosary and about the impact that can have on uh, our people throughout our, our nation. So let's go and take a break. And we come back, we're going to dive into Dr. Mike's story with the Holy Family School of Faith and the rosary meditations that he and his team lead that are 
drawing many people to fall in love with the Lord, including a number of my parishioners right here at Sacred Heart of Jesus in Baton Rouge. Just a quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions at www.assistionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats. And you can share us on your social media pages. If this show is helpful for you, it might be helpful for other people as well. So Dr. Mike, you are affiliated with the Holy Family School of Faith. You lead these beautiful uh, daily meditations on the rosary. Can you just briefly share with us, like, your story sure. and how you got here and and why you believe so much in, in the rosary. Sure, no problem. So uh, I graduated high school 1986. I was born 1987, by the way, just don't ask <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was your typical American boy, girls, sports, parties, party sports, girls, didn't matter what order, that was the priority. Lived a very wicked life through high school and college. And wicked is not a good thing, right? Like. Some people say bad is good, and but you mean when you say wicked, yeah, you mean it's I mean, bad. I mean, I led a vicious life. Yes, full of vice. I was vicious and unhappy and empty. Because mm-hmm. sin can't satisfy. No, sin can't satisfy. I uh, had no idea what to do with my life, but I like people, so I got a job as a salesman uh, in Detroit, Michigan. So I'm from the farm in Iowa. And my first job is in Detroit, Michigan, when Detroit was the murder capital of the world. So that was an experience in itself. And my first job out of college, 1990, 1990, I made a hundred thousand dollars my first year out. I'm partying hard on Thursday and Friday night. I'm living with my girlfriend, but I still go to mass on Sunday because when I was a little boy at the elevation, my dad would lean over and say, that's Jesus. Mm. So I'm not proud of this, but many Sunday mornings, I was probably still over the legal drink, drinking limit when I went to Mass, but I always went. One Sunday, there was a seminarian who was doing his pastoral internship, and he got up and he said, I want to lead a Bible study. If anyone's interested, come and see me. And I was sitting there thinking, I'm 22. I don't know jack about my faith. And this is ridiculous. I should know something. So I went up to him afterward and I said, I want to do this. And he said, how about once a week at 7 p.m.? I said, no, 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 let's do this every morning. Well, I was the only one who approached him. So uh, he found me banging on the rectory door every morning at 7 because none of my clients were able to see me until 9 a.m. So I had this time in the morning. But Father Josh, he invested in me. Mm, Discipleship. Yes. We met every weekday morning for a year. He taught me to pray. He taught me the faith. He discipled me. I love that. One-on-one. Uh, then one Friday morning, he said, what are you doing tonight? Nothing. Why don't you come over and watch a movie? Okay. And he wanted to watch a documentary on 20th century Marian apparitions. You have to watch. It's the most, still the most powerful thing today on YouTube. 20th century Marian apparitions narrated by Ricardo Montalban. It goes through all of the apparitions in the 20th century, many with video footage. I knew nothing, had never heard anything about Our Lady appearing. 
And this documentary walks through everything, all of Our Lady's appearances in the 20th century. But at one point, the room dissolved, and it was just me and the Mother of God. Now, this was Mm -hmm. not an apparition, so don't try to go and find his apartment and make it into a pilgrimage site. But she made herself known to me in some way. And she was, she was so strong. And she looked me in the eye and she said, Michael, I have waited too long. You have to change now. Now, I walked into that apartment, living high, partying hard, living with my girlfriend, never prayed a rosary in my life. I walked out of that apartment. I went back. I told my girlfriend, I'm not sleeping with you anymore. I've never been drunk since. Mm. I started to pray three rosaries a day because back then we only had three mysteries. I love that. I heard that Our Lady had asked for a bread and water fast on Wednesdays and Fridays. I started to fast. Now, how does this happen? How do you walk in one way and walk out another? You can't do that by willpower alone. But if the mother of God is real, then Jesus is real. And then everything has to change. I love that. Well, a lot has clearly changed in your life. And it it seems that you're taking the fruit of your relationship with Christ and you're not keeping it to yourself. Like you're like the woman at the well. You have this profound encounter with Jesus. And I love it how upon her encounter in Christ, she went out and told all of her friends, all of her enemies, all of her community. And she's been used as a bridge to draw so many people from, from her community to Jesus Christ. And I know I knew about you before, I mean, before this conversation, because a lot of my parishioners have been benefiting from your relationship with Jesus Christ, from your interior life, from your devotion to our Blessed Mother, and from your orthodoxy with regards to our faith, and, and in your capacity to bring the teachings of our church, the fruit of Lexio Divina, and the rosary of our Blessed Mother, and share with people. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about your particular practice of uh, prayer and how you are watching people from all over? I imagine at this point, it's all of the world probably are, are praying the rosary with you, not just the nation, correct? Yes, yeah. I think 120 countries right now. That's amazing. So what, what inspired you to, to, to lead them in the rosary with these meditations that you, get, you have? But it's, it's very simple. The greatest 20th century... Dominican theologian, Father Garagou Lagrange. Love him. I have his books right here on my shelf. You have Our, Our, Our Lady and the Mother of God in the Interior Life? No, I have the Three Ages of the Interior Life, Volume 1, Volume 2, and I have on my shelf another one he wrote somewhere, but not the one on Our Lady. Ah, it's beautiful. In there, he explains how Our Lady gave Dominic the Rosary, and it, it's really the foundation of what we're doing, because... Dominic, as a young man, faced a culture of lies. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. The lie he faced was Albigensianism. And he set out to go in, go town to town and preach the truth and convert people back to the church. But he was a, an utter failure. So in the fall of 1208, he retreated into the woods in southern France, completely dumbfounded, not knowing what to do. And there the mother of God appeared to him. And she said to him, Dominic, I'm going to give you an infallible means to bring the people back. You're going to go back into the towns, the squares, the houses. You're going to teach a truth of the faith and then have them pray a decade of the rosary. 
then teach another truth of the faith, have them pray another decade, do that five times. He began to do that and he won France and then the rest of Europe back to the faith. So what was Dominic's method? It was a short teaching on the word of God. And what's the word of God? It's comprised of three things, scripture, tradition, and the magisterium, the teaching of the church. So a short teaching from the word of God, followed by thinking about that instruction while we pray the decade at the school of Mary. And he was wildly successful. But the rosary was always meant to be a meditation on the word of God, not just a rote saying of words while our mind wandered, while we daydream. And I pray the rosary every day. I didn't want it to be mindless. So I would always read scripture or I would read the life of a saint or I would read the teaching of the church and then I would pray a decade and I would do that five times. I have five kids and I didn't want the rosary to be boring for them. So I, I would keep a stack of books in the living room, the Bible, the catechism, the, divine, the diary of divine mercy, the summa, uh, different lives of the saints, whatever. And I would read a little portion, we would pray a decade. Or I would read a little portion, we would have a little conversation about it, and then we would pray the decade. We would do that five times. So it was learning, it was meditation, and it was also great conversation about the faith all wrapped together. But then as my adult friends would be at our house, they would want to do the rosary the same way. And they loved it because it gave them something further to think about, to meditate on. Then I have a friend of mine who, uh, he's this hard charging businessman. He's got his own jet. He wants to gather together a handful of guys, fly out to Aspen, go hiking for the week uh, and he wants me to kind of give them some spiritual instruction. So we go out to, we fly out to Aspen, we go hiking, and all week long I'm fighting with these guys because they think they're busier than God. They think they don't have time to pray because they got more to do than God does. So all week long I'm fighting with them. You're not God. You need to spend time in prayer. Finally, at the end of the week, they say to me, listen, Mike, if you will shut up about this, if you will pray a rosary, weave a meditation into it, keep it 20 minutes, record it, send it to us as a podcast, maybe we'll do it. <laughs> I said, okay, I'll do it for three weeks. Enough time to set a habit. Came back to Kansas, told my wife, we got to record this for three weeks. She says, okay. After three weeks, she says, can we be done with this? I'm tired of recording. I said, okay. That day, I'm in the grocery store, I'm at church, I'm at lunch somewhere. I had three different people come up to me and say, hey, you're the, you're the rosary guy. You do this rosary podcast. And I said, well, how in the world did you hear about it? Oh, my brother-in-law or uh, my colleague at work. Or It went from seven people to 700 to 7,000 to now it's across the world. I love it. And so how can people who, again, and I can only say this because I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor of a great parish with a number of parishioners who have grown their relationship with the Lord, who are faithful to prayer now because of this this work that you have been inspired by the Holy Spirit to do for the church. How can other people benefit from this? I know how my parishioners, they, every Sunday they gather together and they have like a, they have a group um, that they do together where they pray the rosary together and they, they focus on the meditations. And then on Saturdays before our, our vigil mass, we have someone who leads the meditations as well. How can people find that about and get plugged into this gift that you provided the church with? The easiest way is just go to dailyrosary.net. It's free. 
they can receive it by email, by text. They, uh, they can get it on their favorite uh, podcast app. It's very simple. But I love what you just said because this is the key. Our Lady leads us to friendship with Jesus in prayer in the rosary, but she doesn't want us to remain alone. We need friendship with Jesus, but we also need friendship with others. We need spiritual friendship. We need someone that we can share not only our life, but our faith with. And so I love what you said about your parishioners, that they gather together and they pray the Rosary podcast because the podcast gives them five points on our faith that they can then have a conversation about. And we also, so we have a large deaf community in Kansas City. And I have a friend who is part of this deaf community named Katie, and she came up to me and she signed, hey, I found out you did a podcast. That's great, very sarcastically, because a podcast is useless to her. And then she said to me, why don't you make a transcript of the podcast every day so that the deaf community can benefit so they can meditate as well? So we started making a transcript that people can then, when they gather together, you can either listen to the podcast and pray the rosary or just read each point of the transcript, pray the decade, or have a little, even better, read a point of the, from the transcript, have a little conversation, then pray the decade. Mm. I did this with a group of moms last night and it was so beautiful because I would read a little point we were meditating on then we would talk about it then we would pray the decade. And it was like being in the home of the Holy Family, having Our Lady teach us to be like Jesus. That's great. I love it. I love it. So yeah, to our listeners, I would encourage you to go to this website uh, to get plugged in, to listen to the podcast. It's free. You know, It's like Bible in a Year is free. Catechism in a Year is free. This is also free, and this will not only inform our intellects, but this uh, will also help us to grow in a deep intimacy with Christ as well. So we're going to give the podcast a shout-out one more time when we get back from the break. But when we come back, we're going to focus on a saint for the day, a saint that has been walking with Dr. Mike, a saint that it can inspire you and me and our walk toward eternity and our walk toward becoming the saints that God our Father desires for us to be as well. Stay tuned. Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz. I am the host of the Catechism in a Year podcast. If you've been following along with us, you know that God's plan for us is a plan of sheer goodness, that He wants to bring us into a relationship with Him. You know that already. One of the ways that God actually brings us into this relationship and keeps us, sustains us in this relationship is through the sacraments. Again, you might know that already. You might further know that so many of us miss out on the beauty and the power of the sacraments. But Ascension has an answer to this. Ascension has created two new programs. One is called Renewed, Your Journey Towards First Reconciliation. The second is Received, Your Journey Towards First Holy Communion. We know that our youth, they're our future. And yet at the same time, it's so hard oftentimes to reach them with this incredible news of God's love for them in reconciliation, God's love for them in the Eucharist. If you wanna check out Ascension's new program, Renewed, Your Journey Towards First Reconciliation, and Received, Your Journey Towards First Communion, go to ascensionpress.com and sign up for a free preview. And we are back. Just a quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.ascensionpress.com. 
youtube.com slash Josh. You can rate us and review us on our podcast, on Spotify, on Google Play, on iTunes, and you can share us on the social media pages. You can also check out more from Dr. Mike at schooloffaith.com, as well as you can download their rosary app, um, Daily Rosary. It is available. It is free. You can get it on the App Store. If you have an iPhone, it's right there. I'm looking at it right now as I'm talking to you. Daily Rosary Meditations from School of Faith. Pray, learn, and share your faith. Uh, so, Dr. Mike, every show we end with a saint. And so you talk about the Blessed Mother a lot, but is there a saint that you want to share with us uh, for our audience to grow with in our relationship with Jesus Christ? Yes, absolutely. And it begins with the miracle that led to this saint's canonization. In May 2012, there was a three-year-old little girl named Maylene living in Lyon, France, and she choked on her food and died in her father's arms. Mm. They were able to resuscitate her, but she had so many heart attacks and strokes that they were convinced that she would, neurologically, she would never come back. They sent her to a rehab center. Rehab center said, there's no hope. We're sending her to hospice. At the same time, Cardinal Barberin from Lyon, France, who has a deep devotion to blessed Pauline Jericho, heard about this and began a novena to Pauline Jericho with a number of people for this little girl's healing. On the ninth day, when they finished the novena, simultaneously, they were transporting little Maylene by ambulance from rehab to hospice when Maylene woke up, sat up, and started asking for her parents. Two weeks later, her father was pushing her in a stroller in the streets of Lyon. It's a walking city. And they ran into the neurologist who recognized the father and then said, who is this in the stroller? And he said, this is Maylene. And the, the neurologist said, this, this is impossible. This is impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. So who is Pauline Jericho? Well, she was... Born in 1799 in France, shortly after the French Revolution that tried to stamp out the Catholic faith. And when she was 19, she looked around and she, her culture, the faith was dead in her culture. No one was interested. But she began to think that through the history of the church, especially in the last thousand years, whenever the church and the world were in crisis, it was the rosary that renewed the church and the world. So at 19 years old, she had this idea. I'm going to start gathering people in groups of 15 to pray the rosary. Well, without social media, she got 1 million people gathered together to pray the rosary daily. Wow, that's amazing. And she started what's called the living, yeah, she started the living rosary movement. This thing grew to the point where an introverted tailor named Jan Tiranowski in Krakow, Poland. Come on. Come on with it. Come on with it. I love him. Yeah, he, because he's, he's an introvert. He's, he's one of my favorites. <laughs> and, and, and because of his connection with you-know-who. Exactly. So Jan becomes a member of the Living Rosary Movement. The Nazis arrest the Silesian priests in his parish, and they say, Jan, you have to take care of the youth. So Jan invites Carol Wojtyła to be part of the Living Rosary Movement, and it was because of Jan Tiranowski and the Rosary that 
St. John Paul II discerned the priesthood and think about it. Yep. This young woman takes the initiative to lead people to the rosary, to start a rosary movement. That's amazing. An introverted layman. Who was awkward and socially awkward and super sick. And yeah, and, and he's the one that disciples yes. John Paul too. <laughs> Who changed the world. Changed the world. I've never, okay, this is amazing. John Paul changed the world. I've never heard of this this woman before. This is the first, so I've, I've always known Jan Tarnowski's story. Always known John Paul's story. Never knew of her story. Like this is like this is the, a missing piece of the puzzle that I never knew of, and I'm so happy that, to hear it right now. Well, she's she is the patron of our Rosary movement. Wow, I absolutely love it. Yeah, this is crazy, and how yeah, just God's providence, right? Of her devotion and her fidelity to the interior life is the reason why we essentially have John Paul and John Paul gave the church so much with theology of the body and was taking down communism in Poland and with giving us love and responsibility and promoting the Divine Mercy Chaplet and writing encyclicals on the Rosary and Divine Mercy Chaplet and the Eucharist. I mean, John Paul is, he is one of the greatest saints of our, of probably of the church's 2000 year history, to be frank. And, and all of this is because this woman was faithful to this prompting of the spirit uh, to, to spread the message of the Rosary. This is beautiful. We have to go. Um, but I love this, and I'm also going to be on your podcast. And so, for my my audience to know that you also have a show that I'm going to be on pretty soon, the next few weeks. Can you give us what's your podcast that I'm going to be on called? And how can they find it? And then how can they also again get plugged into your ministry? They can find it very easy. They can find it at Daily Rosary Meditations, just on their favorite podcast platform. Just Daily Rosary Meditations. Great, and if they're on their internet, DailyRosaryMeditations.net. And then also, we're going to be putting your the interview with you on YouTube, Father Josh. Great. for On your show? Yeah. So just dailyrosary.net, they can find it. Oh, great. I love it. Okay. Well, this is awesome. I love it. Blessed Mother, we invite you to pray for us that we can become saints and stay in love with Jesus Christ on earth as it is in heaven. Until next time, we will see you in the Eucharist. God bless. 